I thought I was bright when I was younger, and now I come at things from a place of, there's always so much more to learn. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, I'm talking about having a performance mindset, and I've got a special guest, Natalie Potts. Natalie, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Thank you for having me, it's a pleasure. Yeah, good to see you. So, how's things? Very good, thank you. Always good. Not from the point of positives by very least, but I try yeah. and have the right energy. Nice. So, um, I always say this, and it's a shit line, I need to come up with something better, but for, for the uninitiated, who are you and what do you do? So, I'm Natalie Butt, and I'm a business growth strategist and performance mentor, although I am changing that a little bit in terms of the word strategist probably back to coach. I've been on a bit of a journey the last four months where I absolutely hate the word coach. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. interesting. We've had lots of coaches on here. Talk to me. Yeah, it's um I seem to be that type of character in business all the time where I've got to be the rebel or the challenge and don't like the conventional and let's do this the opposite way and stuff like that. So um coach came about you know, I've been coaching since two thousand eighteen after I finished my qualifications, but since then, I just see the coaching world very smoke and mirrors and there's lots I, I don't like about it. But I guess if I spin it on what I do, um, it's great. But yeah, the word coach just is quite cheesy for me. Everybody's saying it now. I think that's probably. So that's that's an interesting point. So a lot of the listeners will have coaches. I've got coaches. I know you've got coaches. Um, what do you mean by smoke and mirrors? That they're putting out there that everything's amazing or that it's it's easy or just do this and you'll get the results and there's loads of programs out there like even do it for you and again people don't get results it's probably my biggest thing and I, I struggle with that but we've got people saying they do things and then they just don't and I think a lot of people are more immersed in next 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 opposed to generally just really helping people and invested in loving what they do um yeah and and i've got this big thing at the moment about really focusing on looking after my clients really well and the experience they go through from a to b and that's if they continue to work with me or don't but just that they absolutely love it and they get the results and actually maybe not results that they even thought they wanted at the start but it's they're more like life-changing ones like coming on to performance and things than that shapes areas of their life that they've never explored before unpacked yeah it's transformational rather than um that's because I, I guess sort of from my side working with a coach obviously i've got a vision i've got goals i i know what results i think i want but until you're at that next level you can't necessarily even picture what that looks like yeah and i think when coaching and this is what i mean but it's makes some mirrors i don't see this enough is and Jeff Mars mentioned it at the Expenpires event we were at the other week and the, the dinner we had on the first evening that real true coaching comes into its purest form and its transformational state when you really slow things down and you just simply create that space for people just to think and and you ask incredible questions and and you just let a silence be very natural because you've built a relationship with that client for it to be so. And that's when the true wealth comes out and the complete transformation in, in what someone's 
really looking at in their life. And I, some of it is quite emotional. It's tough. It's not. Yeah, yeah. But I think just genuinely, and that's what Jeff said about genuinely creating that space to allow people to be, to feel listened and heard and valued. And to find their way. Yeah. I think, I think a big thing that uh, maybe some of these smoke and mirrors coaches do is they promise results and then they unpack a system that they want you to apply regardless of what business you are or regardless of what personality type you are. And um, the problem with that is it's not flexible. It means that you're not coaching, you're teaching. And you end up in a situation where um, without you, that person doesn't, can't go any further so it's, it's almost on purpose but um that's like you know we we coach and we we have a formula that we follow but it it's molded around the person not the person isn't molded around the formula if that makes sense yeah and it is absolutely key that you can have techniques and strategies and you can but applying them to yourself and in your own way is is a different thing and there has to be a bit of autonomy and um, responsibility that we have for ourselves as business owners where we accept that that has to play a part. Again, a, a, the unconventional idea, I'm struggling at points and I, it's something I probably need to think about, well, how do I make it work for me? So actually, you know, because if I don't make it work for me, it's going to go against me. Use the, the dumb for you phrase at the minute. I just think that, you know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day about it and they said, and I was like, yeah, but it just makes it look like you can just outsource everything. It's just done. And I said, and that people become lazy. And I don't like the word lazy, but it's been like, oh, I need to rein that in a bit. And I need to explore what that actually means to me. And because then I was like, I'm very happy to outsource certain things like my social media stuff to get done. And that's done for you. So it's, in terms of I'll do it, I'll create it in my mind. I'll do it all. It's all in my voice, but they'll do all the social media and share it and whatnot. And you know, all of that does. Like, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, um, and that's why I'm just saying that sometimes you can do you can do all of, like you said the strategies and everything, the techniques, but you've got two parts there. You've got the part in terms of um, making it work for you, and then you've got the challenge of like I've just shared there the the stuff that's going on up here, the narrative in your head, and the inner great stuff of actually looking at where you're at with that, and you're learning, and you're growing with it too. Yeah, that's really interesting. So like, sort of pulling it round to performance mindset. Something when I was growing the business was I wanted to be the best at every, every little thing, which was great until half a million turnover or whatever that it, it was sustainable. And then when you hit that number, it really isn't sustainable anymore. And you have to go through this whole like ego transformation of there will be somebody out there that's better at every task that you do. And my performance mindset now is to find or train that person so that I no longer do that task and I can focus on the bigger picture? It's, it's interesting. And I guess my experience working in corporates for 19 years, and I was a, a store manager and a retailer and leading people, you know, high-performing teams, like, you know, 15 and colleague base of maybe 500 in one store at one time, you know. And okay, I've realised in my own business, I delegated more than I thought I did. I did. Because I'm now like, well, who does it? Like, it's just me does everything, all the hats. Whereas when I worked in corporate, like, everybody did everything. And I just used to pull on people for their different strengths. And and also, you know, work on them on their, their weaknesses, vulnerabilities and things in terms of their performance. But 
Um, a lot of that come through the coaching as well that I was doing at the time and I was qualifying from 2015 to 2018. So I did personal performance and then corporate executive coaching and some CPD. Um, part of that was I'm, I'm qualified to do DISC with people. So I, I run that with a lot of my managers and I run it with clients as well. It's just amazing to understand enough about yourself and your own default personality. But what I love about it mostly is I know very much how to get the best out of other people and to help them on that journey for them as well. And that's where it's key. Like you shared that I actually foresee that I don't know that doing what I do, I think I'd get to like 100K and think, well, you know, I need to do things differently. I, I probably couldn't do everything and get to where you said half a mil. I'd be blind me. I need to do something different there. Depends how much you charge. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> so. It does. Um, in terms of but the delegation part and the outsourcing. Um, oh, and I think the reality is I was outsourcing way more than I thought I was long before I actively did it, um, for sure. But it's, yeah, it's interesting about the disc profile too, because I'm like the most extreme D you can possibly be on a disc profile, which makes delegation quite hard sometimes because... Because I think I can do it better, and that's that's ego more than reality. And and look, it's the the phrase and the cliche, but the cliches for a reason. Done is better than perfect. And you know, I was working through with a client last night. I was sharing something I did with my my written proposal, and he was sharing his, and he was like, "Well, mine looks like word art compared to yours." And I said, "But really, who cares? Because you're overthinking something where your client." You know, there's no idea what coaching is. Might look at it and think that's like gold dust. I said it's yeah, more yeah. narrative thinking that it's got to be perfect. Yeah. And I think with things like that, that is where delegation comes into it really well because you can you can sort of like have your best stab at it. And like let's say it's a written proposal. I'm assuming this person's got two or three services, it's got a few got a few columns on it, the standard sort of thing. Once you've got that to like sixty percent. You can literally pay a freelancer 20 quid to turn it into something stunning. So what's performance mindset for you? What does it mean? Yeah. Um, performance mindset, I think performance, well, I know performance is around looking at you being at your best and performance mindset is understanding how your mind works and knowing yourself very well in terms of how to get the best out of yourself and your performance. Um, and, and I guess when we're talking about like top performance, you're talking like, you know, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, which is, you know, uh, you could argue who wants to be 10 out of 10, you've always got something to work on. But um, it's, it's aiming and striving t- to always improve and be your best. And I think it's the idea that people say, I've failed a lot, or I'm failing. And the clients said it earlier today, and I said, but if you're learning and growing still, you're not failing. You, you know, you're learning and just seeing what works and doesn't work and you're ever evolving. And actually, if that ever stops, that's that's the issue. And great, you know, I say all the time, great coaches are always learning. They're always investing. They're always wanting to be, then you know, that 1% better each day. We saw that with, the, you know, Stephen Bartlett, who we saw recently, sharing the part of just those marginal gains every single day, 1% small things consistently. And I think this is where it's interesting, where I have challenged in my own head around this idea of, you know, not being too unconventional with things because success leaves clues. And that was one of them that, you know, people talk about, and exactly that when we talk about, you know, you go to a networking event, whatever it is, and often speakers, you could draw similar themes from all of them. And, and again, performance mindset is often always top of their game. And we know that 
if your mental emotional state isn't on track or isn't striving for the nine and ten i i, I really challenge that businesses don't often fail or fall short with it without that yeah no it's interesting you mentioned stephen bartlett so something he said that massively resonated with me maybe maybe for this reason is you can read all the self-development books in the world you can go on all the um, coaching courses, you can do all the webinars, but if you've got no self-awareness, it won't mean anything. And, and I sort of translated that as if you're a dickhead, it won't, it won't matter. And I think in the past, particularly when I was a younger guy, I was a dick. It like, because I was relatively bright, the self-development stuff didn't really go any more than surface level. I was just absorbing information, not actually embedding it in my soul as such um where now i'm like you know various things have happened in my life or uh and i've just developed as a person now i'm like i can learn stuff from everyone and i want to and i want to chat to everybody and i want to absorb as much as i can and continue to develop as a person it's a very different state would um would the younger Joel have said, I'm relatively intelligent, or is that you now, bearing in mind of where you're at with that? I thought I was bright when I was younger, and now I come at things from a place of, there's always so much more to learn. What's changed that? Hunger. Quite difficult in like an academic environment, I think, when you're kind of book smart, to be that motivated about it. It's not, it's not um, engaging, because it, you can kind of breeze through it. When you put yourself in rooms where you're having conversations with a Stephen Bartlett or a, a Gary Vaynerchuk or whatever, it's impossible to feel <laughs> like, you, like you're at the top of your game, um, which is great. It, like that, it's a brilliant feeling. It's not, it's not a bad feeling. And um, it's really humbling. And then like for, you know, meeting people like you, pe guests on the podcast, every time I speak to someone, they bring something different. And it just a really humbling and nice thing to do. Yeah, I, I agree. And I thought you'd share that quote about Stephen. It's, it's interesting. And I think, again, like we talk about the worlds of coaching and it's like you said, it, it stems on more training. And, and it's like, I don't mind what you do, but don't bloody sugarcoat it. If it's not coaching, don't, you know, and I used to sit all cool, but I'm a coach. I was like, you didn't coach. You just told them what to do. I just watched you. And and it's, I was talking, I was mentoring this morning, actually. And I said to somebody that, because they were saying, oh, I keep asking those questions. I keep talking, you know, I want to mentor them more and tell them what to do. And I was like, it's not about you. And you're raising awareness. And it goes back to part of, you know, valued, heard, listening to people. Those are the most powerful experiences I'll have with people when actually sometimes they, and rightly so, they're doing 80% of the talking. And I'll just ask them questions, but questions that have come off of listening to what they've said, not just, right, yeah, this one, like I used to do when I was, you know, a student and qualifying, you know, I do it all the time. And now it's you're invested in that person and and you're invested in, you know, what's not being said, that global listening. It's another level. And that's that self-awareness part. And and he's key. Loads of people I would challenge don't have enough self-awareness. And and I like to, I, I think like you said, relatively intelligent. I'd say I like to think I've, I'm very self-aware, but it feels cocky saying that. But sometimes maybe the the worlds I mean that I've put myself and made for myself around my business. Uh, you know, you're around people that are very self-aware, but out of that, you know, there's people around me. I'm like, they've got no self-awareness at all. Oh, yeah, we both know a few of those. <laughs> like, I guess with like my self-awareness, 
and it's it's the thing I need to work on the most is I'm very self-aware. I'm incredibly hard on myself. And in fact, always, always have been. Um, but I, even though I'm self-aware, I don't always manage my state as well as I could. So, so if I'm tired, I'll be grumpy knowing that you're only grumpy because you're tired. So I'm, I'm self-aware about it, but I'm, I'm not doing anything about it. Yeah. And I think that's where like the super successful people, you look at them and it's like, well, they must be tired because they're putting in a shift. They, they still show up every day. They still, um, manage their state, their energy. And it, it's fat. And you know, it's same with top level athletes, top level business people, celebrities, which people don't appreciate that I'm, I assume being mega famous is actually really hard to manage your state. Um, that kind of performance mindset is another level. Yeah. So I know you've had Sherry on here, haven't you? And I need to catch up on that one, but I've listened to a few of her podcasts and I was at a retreat with her where she spent a whole day on performance mindset the other week. And I said it like in probably like the last, you know, actually I don't, I've never, ever had a performance session like it. It was out of this world of blown away. I didn't get emotional, um, but the people, you know, people were and rightly so, but it was tough. Right, seriously tough. But actually, I'm still not at a place where I can revisit at the moment. I said to it right, a couple of days after to her, she did a piece around like the board of directors and you're the board of director and the people around it on the seat. So your narrative and your emotions as such. And like, Nat- you know, little younger Natalie who has fear of success or fear of failure, uh, you know, being proud, par- you know, having proud parents. And then you talk to those people as such. And I'm not even going to do justice sharing about it um, myself, but... It was so tough to do at the time. And then even a few days after, I was like, right, I'm just going to focus on one. And I was like, this is just something I'm going to revisit the whole time. That's another level. That's what we talk about is performance mindset is you going the inner growth in yourself of where you're at and tapping in stuff that's bloody hard, that's built on beliefs that have come from influences from your childhood and things like that. You know, if I could change anything, and I'd love to do a documentary piece on it, You'd like work with younger generations all through the years and just if you were to almost put them in set situations and scenarios um and look at the difference it made to their later years in life like you know mid-30s like and in terms of their beliefs because i just think if we get to these ages and we're like we either feel messed up or we need therapy for months and years and all of that and it's like if we, we just worked on the stuff that they don't do in school the performance output in businesses would be another level. Oh, it's insane. So like even on a really basic level, if you took identical twins, put one in a cold blue room and one in a warm red room and asked them to do the same task, you'd get very, very different outcomes just because of minor environmental factors. So imagine what it's like if somebody's got an abusive parent, a poorly parent or... um they missed a year of school or they had got injured as a child. All these things that can like dramatically impact your mindset later in life. And what nobody tells you as a business owner is to be a really successful business owner, you're going to have to face those demons head on. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about it recently as well. So, um, and you can see behind me, I absolutely love reading a couple of years ago, last year. I set a goal. Um, did you just make a visual reference on a podcast? Did I? Yeah. <laughs> I um, I set a goal to read a book a week. 
And I didn't really think about it like most things sometimes. I just was like, that sounds a good idea. Let's go for it. Uh, whereas now I'm learning, get ideas, put them in a Google Doc and I'll come back because they're not aligned to my strategy right now. Um, but yeah, we learn. But um, yeah, well, it was challenging. And like when I say listen, read, I, I listened to an Audible as well. So I think I did two books a month and then two Audibles. So we got through interesting. Okay. Um, and then I've realized recently that, you know, people are like, how do I get in sales conversations? I'm like, well, take sales out and just get into a conversation with somebody to start with, frame it. But second, you know, I've just learned that being, you know, educated at school is one thing, but um, like we just shared there, actually, we, we can know our education system is not right from how our beliefs are even, but educating yourself by reading. I know a lot of people say you can do too much personal development and you can read, you know, too much. And I understand that, but I get in so many amazing conversations and meet so many amazing people because I've educated myself in through just reading. And, and I love it. You know, someone shared books, like, oh yeah, I've read it, what part do you love? And then we're in a conversation straight away. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that now. Let's do that now. Have you read? Donald Miller story brand. Yeah. Thought you so done. Matt so, bit in that. I love and yeah, brilliant. brilliant. So like my biggest takeaway from that, which I think is a performance mindset thing, is you're not the main character in other people's story. And as a coach or a business owner or a mentor, you're you play the you play the mentorship role, not the hero role. And when you take that mindset of like taking your ego out of it and then every person you encounter your logic is i'm going to do whatever it takes to make their journey better it's life-changing yeah and that goes back to like i said this part that we're always focusing on the next thing and every you know like the next day is such a nice and everything it's like just, just focus on where you're at as well meet yourself where you're at meet your clients where they're at and then immerse yourself fully in creating that experience for someone where, again, they feel valued, heard and everything as well. And and you give them an experience that's that's life-changing. That's where you get real business. It's like business is about relationships. I also think this all the time when leading people that, you know, I learned the hard way of some things as well. And I used to get some brutal feedback, especially as a female, because, you know, I was very confident, but you, you could even be too intense arrogant yeah it's the it's the whole like stereotype yeah, of like is, to succeed is. as a female in a man's world is, you need yeah. to be and, this this and this, this and this you yeah, know yeah. you can argue there's still too many of them even in businesses we think are diverse and everything it's like they're not but yeah it's uh i kind of lost my train of thought there but it's um about just investing and i always used to think this for managers like really investing in them and if you look after your people then magic happens as well. And that's where it's, you, you know, it's great and you can build great businesses because people want to work for you and not the business. Yeah, that's massive. That applies to um, any stakeholder. Absolutely. If you, if you look after your suppliers, your clients, your staff, your colleagues, your business partner, it, the impact is ridiculous. So um, interesting you said that like being a reader and always working on self-development creates opportunities. So you and I met in a corridor uh, and then ended up having like a half an hour it, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we we had like, we didn't have the like surface level conversation that people normally have when they first meet. We just like, we just like went at it. <laughs> you like, really need to build on this. The corridor went at it. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. So this is what this podcast is like. So we met we met in a corridor at a training centre for a, a well known coaching company, um, and 
we were at a joint training day and then you you said a couple a couple of things about uh dealing with clients and i basically said just suck them <laughs> and then and then uh and then up, half an hour later we'd like drilled drilled into the one client that you probably needed to get rid of in your business and the one i needed to get rid of in mine yeah people don't have conversations like that when they first meet no i guess not I don't know. <laughs> it was a great conversation. I needed it. Yeah. But that's it. It's that like, I think for the listeners, they will appreciate that when you're operating at a certain level in business, I don't want to say a high level because people operate at high levels in different areas of life. Like, um, but when you're operating at a certain level in business, kind of passive small talk conversations are really difficult. Um, and you can sometimes be in an environment where there's people that just want to have those and all you want is someone to say something a bit with a bit more depth. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, to build on that, I can reflect massively in corporates where I was, I was always very quite often black and white of things, but also from the point of, you know, like I'm honest and I'm directional and I'm intentional and this is what you get and let's just say it how it is. And half the time, like you'll know when you're running operations and you you were taking like 1.2 million a week in stores and stuff like that, you know, and you've got like I said, when you've got, you've got 400 colleagues that look to you for the answers and everything, you don't have time to go, oh, let's just think about this all the time. Let's think it's fair. Let's have a chat. Like you ain't got time for that. Like you've got to have, we were paid as leaders for judgment, drive and influence, right? We weren't paid a little, it was an hourly salary, it was an hourly rate. We were paid to make those judgments based on our experience and on knowledge and, uh, and and our awareness as well. So to to make the right decisions at the right time and, and then just take responsibility for that either way. And, you know, I learned a lot there that you've got to just have those awkward conversations with people. And I think oft so much of conflict in business, but it's just poor communication. Hence why I love this, because it's about communication as well. And, and and we just don't face into it enough. We're a very sensitive society in Britain as well, in the UK. And, and pretend not to be. Yeah, which and it's like, it's like, why go around houses? The key part for that, the caveat for that, is you've got to do things in a respectful way. That's, you have to hold your own integrity. And if I've ever been rude or come across to somebody in rude in that intention, I'll always first of all, I absolutely apologise for that. And I let's break that down so I understand and get higher awareness of myself. But let's also just look, let's not understand, let's understand that it's not you interpreting the way where actually I could help you build on that because you've got to have resilience in business. You've got to be tenacious. You've got to persevere. And you've, you've got to know that it's not all roses and nicey-nicey all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's huge that, communication is the biggest one and the biggest struggle every person has in business because interpretation is such a weird thing like literally depends what the weather's like outside on how someone will interpret something it, it things can change dramatically just based on environment but kind of the interesting thing you said there is like you think historically you've probably come across black and white and and for me with performance mindset and and growth it's been exploring the gray area that's been the most that's all the most fruit the the whole like 
we live in a really polarized world. I've talked about this on the podcast before, where you're told it's right or wrong, it's left or right, it's black or white. Um, you know, the pol the political parties use fear to make people make decisions. The media uses fear to make people make decisions. There's propaganda left, right, and center, and yet, actually. When you talk to someone who has a different opinion to you, there's so much to learn in that conversation compared to talking to someone that just agrees with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, I agree. And I think that, and you need people around you that really challenge you. And that's what I like. It's about, you know, when sometimes, well, you know, I've been in, so I left corporate in April and I mean, went straight to my own business. You know, I had coaching on the side and then COVID hit and I just didn't have time to do anything. And that's part of the reasons for leaving. But, you know, I've done now, I mean, six months, it will be coming into this. And some months have been freaking amazing, like beyond what I could ever think to. And in, you know, August was a tough month. And I was sharing this the other day with somebody that that month was bloody tough for many reasons, like business-wise, um, I had bereavement in family and, uh, you know, relationship differences with people and went on holiday time off, all of that stuff. Like, and life happens, right? And I was reflecting the other day and I was like, and this is what I love about when you're around like-minded people that are also where you want to be as well, you know, um, you give, they give you that challenge or that time to just think about and question yourself in a good, healthy way as well. That I was like, that struggle in August actually probably yeah do you know financially it probably wasn't the best month it wasn't horrendous but it wasn't what i wanted you know just shy of my target but that was probably my best month in terms of growth and i was saying like in business like you plateau and you leverage and you do that jazz whatever up and down that for me personally in the growth part as a person in business and life was one the month i really needed to actually propel and accelerate my business as well yeah I, I've 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 witnessed that literally from afar. Watched you do that. Um, so like that's something interesting about performance mindset in in a business sense as well. Is you don't get a day off when it's your own business. So if you've got a bereavement or um, something significant's happened, the show must go on. Um, so I I won't say who it is because it's not fair. But I know one of the speakers. At, at the event we were at last week. So you got 600, 700 people in a room all watching speakers on a stage and something catastrophic happened in his life the night before he was due to speak and he still showed up and, and blew the roof off. Um, that that takes some steel. That, like, where, where do you think that comes from where someone is so driven to serve that... that Regardless of what's going on in their life, they show up like that. So why? We can overcomplicate it, and you know, everyone says the why. Like, so, so I love Simon Sneak's like why, and again, coaches be like, you do, you help who do what by how, and it's like, oh, sort all that. Like, it's like, why do you generally want to serve and help people? Right? Why is it? And when you have that so strong, um, my honest, you know, that vision is crystal clear in your mind too of what you want. And it's done, you know, to really serve people and help people in life and yourself and for the right reasons. And often it's not even monetary. It's no financial. This is very, very rarely no, that's, money. And there's no attachment yeah. to that, actually. It's like when we look at love languages, my my biggest love language is time. And and actually, if I could have anything, I'm like, stop, don't buy me gifts and stuff. Like, 
I just generally want time with people and experiences. I work really hard because my biggest, although it's financial attachment too, but I want to take my whole family to Florida for like the most amazing quality of our. The point is I want to give back to the incredible life I have with my parents and what they gave me as an upbringing. And I want to do that for my future family and I want to do it for the family I have around me now and just love life. Are we talking Disney World, just to be clear? Well, like Disneyland, Florida, like the whole thing, you know? Can I come? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the more I say to people, they're like, hang on a second, like, how, how well do we get on? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and they're like, honestly, we were just joking with someone last night about when I get my yacht, you can have you can come as a friend. They're like, thanks, Matt. <laughs> Although I'm not big on wanting stuff like that. It's a bit flash. No, nor me. Dis- Disney. I'm all about a yacht. A yacht just sounds like hard work. Yeah, like you shared there, that person. Yeah, I mean, absolute admiration, and and that's often that's when you know they're they're the genuine like gems in life and business, and those people that just you don't know about it, they just did it. And I used to see that in lead sometimes in business. I think you've got no idea. You're moaning and moaning. You don't know what's happened in his life, and yeah, I had that point. I lost my nan actually, which was quite a tough one um, in August, but more of you know good old age bless her but it was just the life changes and it was probably more about me that got my life changing I'm you know mum and dad now the oldest and stuff like that but there was a moment when it was do I go to an event on the day of her funeral or not and and I said to, like, I made my mum change today uh, which you can think is horrific but I said to mum I said I've been really honest mum I've got my whole career and my nan would want me to always work for that and love that and I said so you're putting me in a really tough situation here some people would think I'm absolutely ridiculous staying at wrong, but you also did it. But my why is so powerful to me and so important in terms of helping people and what I really want to work towards and have. Um, you have to make tough decisions sometimes, and and you have to show up even if it you know when it's painful as well, and keep going. And that's that performance mindset. It's another level. Um, and just interestingly, going back to the point and the struggle with that and that month is that the ripple effect and impact when you're not on point, it just impacted everything. Like I was, I did gym the same, you know, I love the gym fitness. Like I, I, everything was off track. My diary wasn't there in my, in my planning. And yeah, I just think that then when I was like, I was like, July was so good. And it was like, because I was on track with this and I was on track with that. And I was focusing on this and I wasn't drinking the same and all, all these little things. Those again, the marginal gains, the habits, the routine, the one percent things each day that you want to work on. Those are the those are what makes a difference when the time gets tough. It seems a bit of an odd thing to say now, but you you mentioned the gym there. You are one of the most dedicated people I've seen to exercise. Full stop. Um, where does that come from? Um. So I was always quite bigger as a kid, and then. And I never had, I was confident, but probably very low self-esteem. It's different with self. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was very confident and I did a drama degree and everything, drama school stuff. And then I was with a guy that just used to just, my my self-esteem again just dropped even more being with him. And it came out of that. And I was just, you know, I had to move home and there was so much going on in life. I was just like, this isn't the life I want anymore. My life's gone backwards, like majorly backwards as well for the age and what I thought I was going to have at this this age and things. And and I just became a bit like, I'm not taking it anymore. Like, this is ridiculous. Work was going really well. And I was like, I'm going to immerse myself in work then and progress and go for it. And I, that's when, again, I did three years and got that. 
I was like, I'm going to get my own mortgage. And I said, I'm not moving out of anybody. I'm going to do it on my own by 30. So I did that and achieved that. And I just think, yeah, I just got to a point. It was a bit of rebel of, I'm not having it anymore. And part of that was the fact that I'd never, I was looking at that. Like, I've got to learn to love me. I don't want to be with anybody. I don't want to get a place of anybody. I just need to love myself. I've been in relationships since I was 18. And I need to understand who Natalie is because I don't know at the moment. I've lost a bit of identity. And and going those kind of three to four years there, um, I joined gym. I'd never been to a gym until I was 26. And and I was like, I know. I, I One thing I've just, maybe I don't know where it comes from in some ways. It's just something I'd have to take away and look at. Um, I've always been okay just asking for help. I've never had that pride factor of not as such sometimes, but not generally. Like I knew, I guess I, I never, your body is, you know, like you only get one body, right? And I was like, I want to train. I don't know how to train. I don't want to look like an idiot. And I know I can learn it. So what do I need? It's like, I need a coach. <laughs> I need a personal trainer, right? So I got myself a personal trainer and I was with him for two years. And and then I was like, you know, next thing. And he was like, I'll come to the local gym with me, like a bodybuilder one. And I was like, cool. So we did that. And then I was like, I might just do a cut. Like I'm not feeling, you know, well on a B fitness wise. And then I was like, right, let's set a goal. So I set a nine month goal of doing a little bit of a grow phase and then into a cut and got the right people around me, got a coach. And yeah, just went on that journey. It's like I, I just had, again had that really strong vision of what I would look like when I got there and I'd visualize it all and everything. I'm a visual very visual person so I just had that in my mind and I gave up drink for five months six months as well with that most of the cut to be fair um and then yeah and then I did did a shoot and I guess like coaching I always get an end goal I just reverse engineer what that looks like along the way all the time like every month or whatever and where I want to be with that um and I do the same in business now but I think I grew to see it was something that I love as well and I once you've done it like that's like a major thing. And I also I also wanted to do something that not a lot of people can do from a discipline point. I wanted to test my discipline because a lot of people can't do it and they won't do it because I don't think a lot of people could do um, consistency and I don't think enough people are resilient. So, you know, like we say, again, the same thing, like consistency, marginal gains, like they can't, people can't get bored. They just want instant gratification all the time and to feel good, um, of which... They're all like always after the dopamine. You know what? It's yeah, actually yeah. self-sabotage, I think. I've, I've explored that from therapy that me always... I've had, I did two years helping as a uh, shout volunteer, uh, which is mental health, like the Samaritans. I did that for two years in 2018. And I learned from that experience, loved it. I needed to be more empathetic as a leader with work. So I thought that would that would be great for that. And, and I also, you know kind of gone aloof here but I didn't have much sympathy for people that took their life I was very much like I just don't understand it so I wanted to understand it more and I learned though from that actual experience at one point that I think I was just doing it all so to get the helpers high and feel good which is you know a form of self-sabotage in a way but yeah so I think going back to the the fitness part I did just the discipline of which a lot of people don't have, doing something different. I'm always out wanting to do something different that a lot of people don't do, which again, is, that leads me to all these opportunities like volunteering and stuff like that. I want to be, I don't know, I just want to get out there and experience different things. Um, and then I've seen the difference it makes in terms of my business performance 
Um, it really, you know, helped me stay on track with um, my focus, my energy, my attention. Like you said, like sleep, right? It's, I think it's one of like the most important things we can get. Like, yeah, I was talking about earlier today with somebody as well that you've got to do that. You've got to, you know, putting yourself first isn't a selfish thing. No, no, because it's like putting your own oxygen mask on first on the plane. Yeah. Well, not not many people do. Uh, I think I think a big thing with performance mindset is learning to have empathy for yourself. Um, which is interesting when you say all of that and then you say you, you struggled to understand why people took their own lives. It's like you've explained all the reasons why you do understand it. It's quite, it's quite, uh, an interesting thing. Cause like I, I, you, you even mentioned early in, in that massive rant that you just had, uh, <laughs> you even mentioned earlier in it, that you, you, you struggled with self-esteem and I, I was sort of challenging you to say, well, imagine if that had got even worse. Yeah, I know. I think that that's the biggest, that's the fear bit that, that's what it is it's the fear bit that the unknown and well i don't know what it's and yeah and, and almost like a, that you know like that you delude yourself like i can't think like that that i don't i don't don't let me put myself in that space i'm not there i can't do it yeah yeah, yeah. but then you've built the structure around yourself to yeah yeah to not be there i think some of those are the, the you know they're the big life questions they're the unknown and they're the scariest parts aren't they and and i think you know some of it comes back to I've known some horrific things that people take their life and and it hits really hard. And I had that in August with somebody who I knew and and that hit me because it was a guy and he was in his mid-40s and, and I got really peed off, actually. My first reaction was real anger. Um, but then and again, like, you can deal with all the hurt, but you still got to then just break it down. But it's, um, yeah, it's sometimes that, I think that's the vulnerability part in that, you can do all of this still as well, but it doesn't mean no one that part, no one's perfect. And it doesn't, it's not going to snap into just, you can manage yourself all the time. It's knowing sometimes how to then get back on track. And, and yeah, and knowing when it's not right, um, like the example I used before where I'm tired and grumpy, that it's okay to just go and have a nap. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that it's not a bad thing. But you were like, and you know, I'm not saying be respectful for it. It's just geeky way of putting it. But you know, don't don't be a dick with it. But be honest with people. Just say, look, I'm freaking tired, right? You know, and and be like, just just a pet like a human about it. Yeah, yeah. I literally literally said to my wife the last example of this. I was like, I know I'm grumpy. I know I'm tired. So if I say anything that's out of order in the next two hours before we go to sleep, just ignore me. Like I'm just like I'm having a moment. Yeah, and and I think and that's, just, that's the, you know it's us understanding ourselves. But then again, that's that what we need and knowing what we need, right? That's important. Being honest with yourself on that, but having great people around you in relationships where they give you that space to do that is so incredible. Like jokes aside, it's kind of horrific, but I made um, this new guy I've been seeing, it's going amazing, but I made him do the disc assessment. <laughs> and my friends are like, what did you do? I was like, yeah, I made him do this. And they're like, why would you do that? And I was like, because I want to have all of my relationships are 
bombed or failed because of communication or I see so many, again, we come back to communication, so many relationships failing because jokes aside, but people aren't clear on expectations and they're not clear on telling people what they need and, oh, and doing it honestly. And that's what I So I've spent a good chunk of my late 20s single, which came as a surprise to me as well. So you'd like, it's not like I thought I was in a relationship, I was staying in that relationship and then I suddenly became single. And uh, I'd meet people and on the first date they'd be like, yeah, I just want a bit of companionship, see where it goes. Second date they're like, I want three children, I want I want a castle. Um, and I'd be like, fucking hell. Like, but that, like you said, the other thing, you doing that is just amazing. It's so powerful. And that's where you, this is, you know, relationships aren't easy. I'm learning compromise quite a bit at the minute. Um, and I just want to have a relationship where, like the other day, I was a bit ratty because I had a very good call. You know, it turns out it's been an amazing call yesterday, sales call, but it meant a lot to me. And in my head, I'm just, I wanted to be because I thought, actually, I need to switch off and I need someone to help me switch off. So let's do this, you know, just watch a bit of crappy love at first sight one night. And then tomorrow I'll be on my back and we need any place. <laughs> do you mean, I think you mean married at first yeah, sight UK, mean. but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never heard of it. <laughs> like a bit of crap, but again, like you've got to know what works and doesn't work. But I just said to him, I was like, look, I know I'm really ratty tonight. Just let me be. I'm not quiet because I'm being a div. I'm just quiet. That's I'm absolutely fine. And and again, it's just that communication point because in our heads we overthink it and everything. But like, yeah, what have I done? Yeah, and oh I like, God, I, yeah, this yeah. is what I need, and that's you know just give me a bit of space, or you don't need to wrap your arms around me every two minutes. Like, I'm I'm fine. It doesn't mean we're going to split. You know, and I think that that comes back to this part of you know it's really important. You've got to know what you want yourself and need, and then communicate that well to others if you want to. Like any relationship, grab it. Yeah, uh, yeah. The personal relationships, business relationships, uh, friends, just that whole like, for me to be my best, you need to know what I want. And if you don't like, if you don't like it, that, that's fine. But we need to either talk it out or go our separate ways. And, you know, that sounds like an extreme way to approach life. But you end up with like these massive chasms otherwise where, you could get five years down the line in a business relationship, a personal relationship, and and it's like you don't even know each other. I do think we sometimes can take. I've noticed in my world with create intention, creating a network around me that's very good. Is that you underestimate that a lot of people don't have that, and a lot of people have very toxic and negative people around them, and things like that. And and I think I probably take that for granted family and friends and even clients that you know you can say yes you created it but I, I take it for granted how amazing he is yeah no me too and sometimes I have to really practice empathy when I'm spending time with a friend who perhaps doesn't have that uh, opportunity so like I'm thinking of one now he's he's a successful teacher he's a head teacher now but he's surrounded by a lot of negativity all day and when I spend time with him, I can tell. Um, but he's still my friend, so I have to balance that. Then I've got another friend who spends all his time around high flyers, like really high flyers, um, and he's operating on an entirely different plane. So sometimes when I'm talking to him, I'm like, what are you so stressed about? What's, what's going on? And he's like, I'm not stressed, I'm just focused. And I'm sort of like, bloody Nora. <laughs> like, 
I thought I was highly strung. This is insane. So, yeah, it's, it is interesting, different people's circle of influence. And I've noticed as my circles of influence have changed that I've lost a lot of friends along the way. Um, and I'm fine with that, which sounds cold as hell. But they don't get it, and I'm okay with that. It's like, okay, well, I'd, that, that's all right. Like, as long as you're still happy, fine. And it, but it is weird. Cool. Right. I've got, I've like chewed your ear off here. I've got two more questions for you. Um, What's the best mistake you've ever made? So it's kind of the same. It's similar coming back to the regrets, isn't it? Like, do we regret anything, really? I pre-warned you about this question. Yeah, you can't tiptoe around it. Just thinking that. Because I don't like to think that then anything is a mistake. Uh, a mis yeah. My mistake was I left um, leaving corporate too long. I was too scared. I was okay. That's interesting. I did that security blanket going. Yeah, yeah, decent pay. No, I didn't that money. Money came in, paid bills, went out. I said, you know, ridiculous amount of money. I used to get paid just to have a car, like, give me for a car. And I just think I was so afraid of not having that and I stayed too long and got too unhappy and that impacted my mental health. That's interesting. That's the worst way to learn empathy about mental health. So that was your best mistake you've ever made, that you stayed too long. Yeah. It's a weird way of looking at it. I, I, I've changed my way of looking at a lot of it. It's funny that like, my whole experience with that, I've had to, even today I had the realisation earlier because I noted it down that my narrative around that, that time has been, is quite negative at the minute. Okay. And I, um, last year it wasn't and I've had a lot of therapy the last nine months on it. Um, and I was in a different place a bit last year so I'm a bit like, I don't have the answer to it at the minute. And I'm That's really interesting. Things, That's so really I kind of let it be a bit because I don't want to overthink it but I'm like, I need to probably maybe reframe some of it because I'm not aware of how it's coming across as well. Okay. So do you think, just for my benefit, uh, do you think you'd be where you are now without that struggle? No. There you go then. Yeah. That's, that's huge, isn't it? And I, that's the part, you know, you say best mistake and things like that, but that's it, like, and people often say, oh, I wish I'd found this earlier and done it. It's like, but nothing can take away experience and, and Yeah. How much resilience did you learn in that period? You probably didn't know you were learning it at the time. I think a lot that to the point that I still, I was able, I got to a point where I was like, I need serious help now from some people around me. And I had, you know, the big, the hardest thing was sharing stuff with my parents last Christmas and stuff. Um, and just, yeah, getting that was like, I think like for me, and everybody will have different points at this, like the lowest of the low. And I was like, this is my rock bottom. I think that then, because, and then, and then almost saying out loud to yourself, this is my rock bottom and that's that. And it's never going to be that again. And it's everything. That's where you become very tenacious and you don't stand for BS because it's like, whatever you throw at me. And then, you can't like, hurt me. Like, yeah. yeah. It, that is so powerful saying that. And it's, it's Have you read out. David Goggins' book? Um, a long time ago, that's it's like another level. That I feel like you need to because you, you, yeah, you need to go back to that because just that whole you can't hurt me because no one can take him anywhere worse than he's taken himself. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a member. I've done some a lot of Navy Seal books. There's, there's a different one as well, and you just when you see Jocko Willink. Yeah, I love his stuff. I've got his one, and it, it's just and that's where I sometimes look at people and think, what are you moaning about? Like, can I name drop? Yeah. I'm, I'm like pals with Jocko Willink's 
Yeah. Uh, executive assistant on WhatsApp. Amazing. Because they've they've set up a company with Joe Rogan, haven't they? So um, yeah, he was in the queue. He was in the queue with me at VCon, and like, what are the chances? Not everybody likes it, and I get it. But I think sometimes I challenge you to go and look at yourself if you don't like it. Yeah. Why? Well, like Jocko, Joe Rogan, Andy Frisella, all of those—they're all like coming at it from a ultra aggressive, like hardcore viewpoint but you can just take what you need from it yeah yeah god that, that see that see that's why i asked that question it goes it goes way deeper than you think yeah and it's like you say with you know proper coaching isn't it it's under the surface stuff i'm not it's pink and fluffy like it's under the surface under the surface dig deep yeah it's hard yeah Keep going. And, and, and like that like those really tough moments are, are the moments that teach you it's okay to ask for help they're the moments that teach you just how far you can push yourself and um you know it's the reason why some of these like top execs and stuff go and do a ultra marathon is to see how far they can push themselves and um yeah it's really interesting so a light a light question to finish um what's your favorite film and why yeah this is a difficult one though because i thought i was really thinking i don't really have favorite but i do um i would say I was thinking like all of the geeky ones like Love Actually and stuff like that. It's it's a film called How to Be Single. And the reason why is it's just the um, one I love it because it's just very girly and all of that. But it, it always makes me it resonates a lot, it makes me think of times when I was at like you said, that moment where I was like going to my fitness like, I need to find me. And the part at the end of it, it's the girl out of um, Fifty Shades of Grey, I don't know her name, can't remember her. But she just says this, you know, like treasure the moments you have on your own because they'll just be gone like that and in a good way they can be gone like that like you know like someone just suddenly pops up you know and then you're in a relationship and stuff like that but that true essence of your time and you and I, I i i can't it's you know some people say it's easy for you to say that you know i haven't got kids but i don't i'm very conscious that you know when i have choose to have a family and and, and go down that route if it happens I still want my own time. I'm fearful of that a bit, that I'll lose myself with that world because I see it everywhere, you know. I haven't got time for the kids. Like I don't, And I don't think it's selfish to want my own time. Or to, you know, my mum's like, well, you could never go to the gym and all of that. I'm like, I would. <laughs> I yeah, work hard yeah. now and, and work hard and, so I can have like, that I, life. So gonna... I don't have kids, um, but do you know what? The kids would be better for it if you did. And, that's, and I said this to someone a while ago. I said, I haven't got the money um, and I feel like I'm robbing it off my kids. And I said... What if you reframed it and looked at that you're going to be able to provide them with a different life because of that choice? Yeah, imagine how they if they grow up saw in their parents. And I've got a business partner that's uh, Andy is a, a perfect example of this. He lives a healthy lifestyle, yeah, and it ru- it rubs off on his kids exactly. Like that's what that's like the best gift he can and give. Them. We spoke about it earlier, though, didn't we? Beliefs and influences. Yeah, that, that you know stuff yeah, that we're not even aware of um, learning when we're kids, and it just it becomes you know become that. So yeah, I just I love that. Well, when he asks them if they want to go out for takeaway, they ask to go to Nando's. Yeah. Like they're weird kids, right? <laughs> like what? Oh, I'll have chicken and salad. It's oh, not right. bless! But yeah, look, that's that's probably the reason why out of that film is, and it's just you know a bit like just a bit of cheese, and everybody loves a bit of cheese. Love that, love that. So. You've been a, a wicked guest. How can people Boom. get in touch with you? 
So um, I'm on LinkedIn as Natalie Pops and then link, uh, Instagram, Natalie Pops Coaching. Instagram's okay. It's a bit, you know, this lovely world of just, you're so inspirational and it's nicely nicely, whereas it's a little bit more professional on LinkedIn, which I like. Oh, really? Because I wouldn't say your Insta's all about how lovely everything is. No, but I find you get those followers like, oh, you know, they love it, but they just don't take action. Calling all of them out right now. Love that. Cool. Natalie, you've been wicked. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you.